Ciao. You're listening to Ed Up Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepicello, former president of University of Phoenix and higher ed vagabond. So let's get started. Well, in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about what the future of uh, higher education will look like um, and what sorts of things will drive it, what sorts of elements need to be considered uh, as we go forward, uh, what some of the realities are that we will need to face, um, and how all of this will come together into uh, some sort of higher education institution of the future. First of all, we, we need to acknowledge the fact that education is going to continue to be democratized through technology, whether we like it or not, uh, whether there are other models or not, um, technology will become simply a part of the definition of higher education as it is a part of the definition of other parts of society uh, in business, for instance. Secondly, we will need to look at unbundling the campus. And I, in, in another podcast, I'm going to go into unbundling in, in some detail. But just in short, unbundling means that you accomplish the work of the institution through a learning community. And that community has a division of labor uh, based on the various functions of the institution, based on the size, on the mission uh, of the institution. And it needs to be able to provide a, a flexible framework because certainly as society continues to evolve in, in various ways, uh, higher education will need to keep uh, we'll need to keep pace with that. So we'll need to, uh, to look at that. And uh, in short, we'll need to be able to ensure quality, lower costs for sure, and, and become more flexible going forward. Now, one of the things we have to understand is what drives students. Because in order to be successful, we need to uh, be able to adapt to student needs. So first of all, what are the motivators for students uh, that we know about today? Well, in a number of, uh, of recent studies, the top motivators are for security for their families. This is what education is to provide for them. Secondly, people really uh, see the degree as important for gaining respect. Um, now, this is something that uh, comes all the way back from, from the GI Bill when the, um, uh, the four-year degree became the, the gold standard. But people see this as an, a, an accomplishment um, that they can look to. And third, students tell us that they want education uh, to help them become a role model for their families, for their communities, um, and you know, just in general, to, uh, to make them uh, a, a, a pillar of society, if you will. So those are, are the main motivators that students tell us about when we ask them. But then what are the inhibitors? What things hold students back? Well, some of it is the, the social aspects of learning. You know, analog versus digital. Um, students 
need uh, to be comfortable with whatever modality they are uh, they are using, and that modality needs to be what we call in technological terms user friendly, and that user friendly applies to the classroom as well as to uh, as to online learning. And the the second big inhibitor is simply, especially for older students, is being challenged, and that is. The students oftentimes will have the uh, the opinion that well, if it's if it's hard and I can't do it and I'm not getting enough support, uh, then I just I guess I won't I won't do it. So we need to look at those those two major inhibitors as uh, presented by uh, students themselves, and uh, and be ready to uh, address those issues. So what do we know about the new learner in general? What, what are the characteristics of the new learner? Well, they are, in, in many aspects, they're sophisticated consumers. Too often, higher education treats students as if they really don't know anything and they need to come in and we need to take care of them. Um, and they don't really understand anything um, this is part of the, the, uh, the criticism of for-profit institutions. For-profit institutions have treated students, uh, in many cases, as sophisticated consumers. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. But be that as it may, we have to understand that today's student um, is not a tabula rasa. They don't come to us as a blank slate. Second of all, we know that Current students, uh, in particular, now we're talking about online students, thrive on constant distraction. They're often, um, you know, doing a, a, a text while they're reading a book, while they're surfing the net. Um, and they are multitaskers, like it or not. Um, now, some of them aren't very good at it, but none the, nonetheless, uh, they don't tend to focus on one item at a time. Third, um, interestingly enough, today's learners don't expect to have to know everything. What they do expect is that they know where to find information when they need it. This is a significant difference from traditional higher education, um, where students came, were educated, had to hold on to that, um, to that knowledge, and translate it back into the real world when they came out. Um, it's why there are some, uh, some younger people when I play trivia games with them um, who are amazed at how much stuff I know. Well, it's because in the old days, uh, that's, how we, <laughs> that's how we got the information. We accessed it and then had to remember it. Um, but it's a different world now. And next, we, uh, we need to understand that to, for today's student, a, a physical face-to-face -face classroom and an online classroom don't really matter. Students tell us that by and large, it's all the same to them. It's, it's education and they want it when they want it, the way they want it. Um, and again, that's the way the rest of society works in general, is that you have technology and if 
you need to talk to a, a real life person, you, that's available. And the uh, example I always use is, is your bank. Um, you can do most of your transactions online, but occasionally you need to talk to uh, a real person. But the point here is that today's student doesn't really uh, care as long as they can get access to the information they want when they want it. Another consideration has to be the, the student-faculty interaction. What's that experience gonna look like? You know, it has gotta be data-driven. This is something we've talked about before. And there's just lots of information about how students learn, um, when they learn, um, learning styles, and faculty have to be able to access that data, understand that data, and use it to provide uh, an individualized instruction model. And again, this is the way the rest of society works. Um, consumers are treated as individuals by and large, much more than they used to be. Now, in, in, in order to provide this kind of instruction, there's gonna be you know, new academic environments. There has to be um, an ecosystem. There has to be uh, a, a, a community that integrates the services of higher education. We'll have to develop new content models. Uh, we'll have to um, deal with what are called learning objects, not just textbooks. And by this, I mean just roughly, um, you know, if, if a student needs to, uh, to access the information that could be found in a certain chapter of a certain book, they shouldn't have to access the book and then find a chapter and maybe buy the book. Um, there, all of this can, can be disaggregated into what we call learning objects that can be accessed directly by students or faculty. Now that's somewhat different from, from what most of us are, have been used to in, tradition, uh, in traditional higher education, but I believe that's gonna be the way of the future. And all of this comes through the, uh, the, the basic service model of a student-centered learning platform. And that is we have to make higher education a seamless experience for the students. So some of the basics have to be rethought. Um, as you can see in this, in this way, the form has to be rethought, but also the relationship of the curriculum needs to be rethought. The curriculum has to be tied to external standards as well as the internal ones. And to make that real, the outcomes that we assess uh, from the curriculum have to be measurable and transparent. That is to say that students need to see the value in the same way that employers and the workforce will see the value. Now, as I've said, one of the things we need to do is, is think in platforms. And platforms is just another word for an integrated community. Um, they have to be smart and adaptive. Again, like other, uh, other parts of society, um, as student needs change, the, the platform, the community needs to be able to change with those needs. The platforms will need to be uh, not just adaptive, but 
they have to provide networks uh, for students. Networks of like students, net, uh, networks of relevant faculty, um, and more general social networks, like something like Facebook. So <clears throat> all of those things have to be integrated and talk to each other. Very importantly, we're gonna have to recognize what people have called cognitive DNA. Um, that is how students um, uh, link their content that they're accessing to their learning style, to their life goals, and to their academic interests. So all of this has to be part of what goes into the new uh, education model. <clears throat> This model will recognize strengths and weaknesses of, uh, of students um, and provide just-in-time skills, things we used to call remediation. If you remember from an earlier uh, podcast, we talked about that. And so that we would replace what we used to call remediation with providing students skills when they need them um, and where they need them. We'd also have to look at outcomes measurements. Right now, measurements are, are often clock related. It's number of credits, clock hours put in, semester hours, you know, and we, we see that credits and credentials are, are tied to uh, timeframes oftentimes. What we'll need to do in the future is tie the recognition of achievement to various kinds of tracking measures that uh, will account for the fact that once a student has achieved a certain level of skill or a certain level of knowledge at that time, they are appropriately credentialed. So uh, that takes us from, from the very beginning, um, that is to say, what the what some of the elements of the campus uh, need to look like to how it's going to be delivered and to what outcomes we might expect from that new model. I think with that, I probably talked enough for this episode, but uh, I just wanted to give some, some thoughts on um, how the, the future of higher education um, might be modeled more on uh, on current uh, society and make it uh, adaptable and flexible going forward. So with that, I'm going to wrap this up and invite you to stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Ciao.